Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning. I'll tell you what, it's a little bit of a nippy uh, December day on this Christmas weekend. By the way, I want to wish everybody a really safe and happy holiday. Um, Merry Christmas to everybody that's out there listening getting your last-minute things done. I hope you just have a great time this year, and it's a good holiday for you. We're going to cover a bunch of ground today. We're going to get a couple different ice fishing updates during the show in both this hour and the next hour. Um, I've been out looking around. Brad Peterson's been out looking around. Nate's been out doing some stuff, so we'll all report on that. We're going to start getting talking about what's coming up at the International Sportsman's Exposition. And along with that, we've got tickets to give away. We'll give some away today. We'll give some away every week until the show now. Plus, we're going to have some special promotions, giving some away through the station in some different ways. And we have another promotion to give away a gear pack that I'll tell you more about later. So lots of prizes over the next few weeks, lots of giveaways, a lot going on. Uh, and But just a lot of reports and a lot of information. And we're going to talk a little bit today, too, about those last-minute Christmas gifts for the um, the outdoor person in your on your shopping list that maybe you're still pulling your hair out. We're going to give you a few ideas. Uh, let's go right to the phones now. And joining us, I know he's been out doing some cruising around. I've been doing some cruising around. We're going to talk about some things that he's going to be doing at ISE, too, with some kids. But right now, let's bring Brad Peterson, and let's talk a little bit about ice conditions. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Terry. You know was 12 degrees when I was driving by St. Vereen Park today, uh, State Park, and they were all capped up. And the ice conditions, you and I were both out looking yesterday, and they're a lot different already today. So next few days, it doesn't have to get bitter cold as long as it stays kind of where it is and we get these cool nights. We could be headed for some uh, fishing conditions here on the Front Range. Yeah, Terry, I think we should uh, be there. I, I drove by a couple ponds this morning that yesterday were wide open. I'm down in the Denver today, and um, they have just skim ice on them. So it's it's going the right direction. It looks like kind of that Longmont area north is getting a little bit colder and is probably a, a little bit further ahead. So you might find some decent ice midweek up there. But I think down here in the metro area, you're probably looking about a week away. Yeah, I think um, some of the areas I checked up north, I checked uh, I checked a few ponds. And a few of the ponds up north had a good half an inch of ice on them, and that was uh, midday yesterday. So with the cold weather last night, those are going to turn pretty fast to make ice. I actually went up to Douglas Lake uh, up north of Denver, you know, towards Cheyenne, Douglas Reservoir, and it had about half an inch of ice totally capped, very clear ice. I mean, it was, you could see five, six feet down through the ice. I was, the dock was still out. I was able to walk out on that. I think, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's fishable ice on that right after Christmas. And a lot of the northern areas, not the bigger ones like Boyd and some of those, but I think a lot of the smaller ponds up north, and I think even St. Vrain, looked like it was capped pretty good, and if we're supposed to, I know the daytime temperature is going to be in the mid-30s, but you get down into the teens at night, and it was 12 degrees when I was at St. Vrain this morning driving by, and they'll make ice pretty good on those smaller bodies of water. One of the things, Brad, though, I know you're going to update us on where you were and some of the things you saw and kind of project out. I'm going to have Karen repost on our Facebook page an ice safety guideline we have now it's just a guideline 
but it gives you some ideas about what kind of ice to look for. It's put out by several um, D- DNAs, uh, DNAs, DNRs, and uh, wildlife and and departments throughout the country. I think this one actually came off Iowa originally, but it's also on Colorado um, Parks and Wildlife's page. But Brad, what did you see, and what are you projecting on some specific bodies of water? Well, I went down and uh, looked at Chatfield and um, the ponds around Chatfield, and yesterday Chatfield had just a, a real thin skim of ice about out to the swim beach uh, and then going south. But the ponds on the south end did not have any ice at all. So that area, I'm really thinking that you're looking at probably about, you know, like you say, you're you're probably a good week away, and Denver's going to be a little warmer, so I would be really cautious. Um, you know, it may only be making a quarter inch of ice a day, so and this snow could really make a difference. But I did talk to someone who was out at Jackson yesterday, driving by and took a look, and he said that Jackson, out east, is completely capped over and had between a half and one inch of really good ice. So, so a lot- he was thinking that early this coming week, Jackson may be a safe spot to go. Yeah, and some of those other um, northeastern lakes might also. We, I would definitely call and get the conditions and you know and check before you'd make the drive, but they had a little cold spell that went through those places, so some of those might freeze up, might freeze up pretty early. I would think, Brad, that places like, um, I haven't been to either one, but they're usually frozen by now, places like uh, Red Feathers and North Michigan are probably frozen. Yeah, I I have talked to people that have been up. North Michigan had, boy, it had six inches of ice two weeks ago. And I talked to someone that was at Red Feathers, oh, uh, just middle of this week, and he said that Dowdy had eight inches and Parvin had five. Now, they, they did freeze unevenly, and so there were a few open areas that froze about a, almost a week later than the rest of the lake. So, you know, as, as you always talk about, make sure you have a spud bar and someone out there with you uh, during this initial ice just to make sure that you haven't found a thin spot when you, you're on kind of that thinner layer of ice, especially five inches or less. But there's, there's no ice that's safe. I, I know I've been out at at Chatfield when it's had, you know, 12 inches on most of the lake. And there's a few springs out there that you can, you, if you don't know where they are, you could find an area that's only an inch of ice right there pretty quick. Well, I always say that there's no such thing as safe ice, but ice fishing can be a very safe activity as long as you use some common sense. That's, that's the real important thing. Use common sense. If you're not real familiar with ice conditions, I'd recommend going to a place uh, where there is quite a few other people there and kind of stay where other people have been walking um, because there is a little bit to reading ice. You know, try to find someone maybe who's experienced and can help you out and give you a little bit of that information just to, to stay safe. The, the goal of ice fishing is to be dry and uh, have fun. Yeah. Now, another place I did check yesterday was the City Park Lake in Fort Collins. It was f- totally capped. Now, I didn't go out and... Uh, try to use a spud bar to put a hole to see how much it was. I don't think I would have ventured out yet, but that's another one that I think right after Christmas, if you live up in the Fort Collins area and you want to go try some ice fishing gear, go ahead. I went by Lawn Hagler. It was wide open yesterday, but it had that glassy, miry look to it, like the water tension was starting to, it was just wanted to be ice, and I wouldn't be surprised if that isn't a good, isn't starting to cap over today. 
And then I I did go look at Lone Tree, and the Lone Tree is going to be unique, Brad, because we know they've been taking some fish out of there um, because it's going to be not available to the public, but it still could have a decent ice fishing season. It was still wide open yet, too. You've had yeah, a... Re- I think, go ahead. I think, I think Lone Tree will still be good. They've taken some fish out, but not a whole lot. Um, and so I think that the crappie and walleye fishing there is going to be good. And, and you did mention City Park there in Fort Collins. Usually the general rule of thumb is up there, if the ice rink is open, um, you usually have some fairly safe ice there more on the west side uh, to fish. And when they close that ice rink down, that's when it's getting a little sketchy. So if you drive by, you see the ice rink out, they've already had their little brush machine out there, and you'll probably uh, have a safe amount to go out there and fish. Again, like we've said, just make sure to, to be safe and don't push it. Now, you also um, got a report about Lake John that they were really catching a lot of fish there. Yeah, Lake John, um, I had a buddy that was up there last weekend. Uh, Lake John had about five inches of ice, and they're catching a lot of fish. The size isn't quite what a lot of people are used to at Lake John. Um, they put a lot of smaller fish in. So there's, he was out there for, I think, three or four hours and caught over 50 fish. Majority of them were kind of those 10 to 12 inchers, but he was able to pick up a handful of those 16 to 19 inch fish. So there are some bigger fish in there. It sounds like the action is fantastic. Yeah, great place to go. Now, Brad, I want to switch gears on you a little bit. Um, We got ISE coming up and um, you're going to be doing some different seminars. Tell us what you're going to be doing there. And then I want to talk specifically about your Sunday one. Yeah, um, well, I'm going to be doing uh, a jig fishing, kind of a one-on-one seminar on Thursday. And this is going to be just kind of, you know, talking the basics, teaching people the techniques they need to know to go out and be successful catching fish on jigs, which is, I think, one of the most versatile techniques there is for catching fish all year long and all different species of fish. Then um, Friday, um, it'll be part of the Ask the Expert panel with, um, I think, Nate Zelensky and Chad LaChance, and I think Dan Swanson's part of that one. That's right, and then I'll be hosting that. Yep, and that's going to be, that's quite an event. That's Friday night. We tried it last year, and we tried to run it open-ended, and I think we learned our lesson. It's going to go, and I don't have the seminar schedule in front of me, but I think it goes, like, from five it's an hour and a half starting around five o'clock you can find it online i'll i'll make sure i know the time tomorrow but we're going to go an hour and a half and it's a time when that ask the expert or the isc likes to call it the party by the pond because they they give us some drink and food coupons to give away to people that ask questions we'll we'll have some lures and things from our manufacturers but what it is you get to ask the questions to these guys then you hear us interact amongst ourselves too and we don't always agree so it's a great place to bounce some of those questions off brad yeah, I would say we disagree more than we agree, and not in not in a bad way, just in that we all have different experiences. So you're going to get multiple takes on how we would address a very situation or what our favorite presentation is. And so it's a great way to gain a lot of diverse knowledge, wow. and that kind of is the same thing that's going to happen Saturday. Saturday we do the walleye panel with uh, myself, Nate, and uh, Dan Swanson again, and it's it's a really good, diverse, all of us have fished a wide variety of locations, techniques, you know, places in the country. So we're bringing a, a real broad base of knowledge to help people get information on walleye fishing. And then Sunday at um, 1230, I'm 
doing the teaching the kids how to fish seminar again. That was a huge hit last year. And trying to do some stuff to really target getting families out on Sunday. There's a lot of great seminars going to be taking place. Yeah, and I just, Karen just put up that um, our party by the pond or the ask the expert on friday night will go 5 30 to 7 and remember we're going to be giving away some tickets right here every week now plus we're going to have a special promotion on the sh- uh through the station that's going to give away tickets and i want to mention too that we've got we're going to have a promotion it's going to start next week you'll find out how to give away a gear pack that includes a king's camel core hunter's day pack uh Clement Static V sleeping pad. It's got a solar panel. It's full of goodies. I can't even read them all right now. It's about a $375 value. I know you're going to be able to sign up for that when I'm broadcasting live Saturday morning. So I'm doing my show live Saturday morning from there. But also we're going to have another way to sign up for people that can't get there in time for the show. So we'll be covering that the next couple weeks. The last thing I want to really talk about on your kids seminar, Brad, is I want to I want to say kudos to um, Shakespeare Fishing. Shakespeare Fishing stepped up and gave several dozen youth rods for us to give away to kids around the time of your seminar, Sunday. We haven't figured out exactly how we're going to do that, but what time is your seminar? It's at uh, 12.30. So sometime around before or after that seminar, we're going to find a way to give out several dozen fishing rods to kids that were donated by Shakespeare. By the way, you might want to remember the brand name Shakespeare, not only because they make great combos for a great price that you can pick up at any tackle store, including Sportsman's Warehouse, but because they did donate those rods, and that might come up later in the show. Brad, we got to go. Any last comments before we run? No, no, Terry, I just want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Hope that you and Ken have a good and safe one, and tell everyone to... You know, get outdoors. The, a lot of new ducks have moved in, a lot of new geese, so there's a great opportunity to waterfall hunt, and ice fishing is just right around the corner. All right. Thanks, Brad. We'll talk to you again very soon. Have a Merry Christmas. Thanks, Terry. You bet. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sportsman's Warehouse, America's premier outfitter. Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoke Fish Company, Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. If you were listening to the last segment, you know that there is a fishing company that has donated several dozen rods to us to give out to kids at ISC to help us get kids fishing. The first caller at 303 313-1043 that can tell Karen the name of that company that donated the rods we're going to give you two tickets to the ISE show so that's the first caller that can tell us the name of the company that uh, is donated the rods and while we're waiting for that winner let's go right to the phones and joining us is somebody who she never waits for a sports show she always has something going on at her park and that's Michelle Siebert from Bar Lake State Park good morning Michelle Good morning, Terry. How are you today? I'm doing well. And the, uh, first of all, let's tell people where Bar Lake is because there's always somebody new to the area, right? Of course. So Bar Lake is just a quick day trip from Denver. So we're 30 minutes east of downtown Denver in Brighton, Colorado, right off of I-76 in Bromley Lane. Now, the first question, you got a ton of activities. In fact, I could spend the rest of the segment just reading them here. One of the things I always appreciate, two or three things I really always appreciate about you, Michelle, is first of all, you are the epitome of how a, 
a resource like this should be run. You're always looking ways to promote it, to promote activities for all ages out at the park, to get people outdoors. And, you know, I'm, I'm virtually evangelistic about that. So kudos to you for that. Um, the other thing is you always bring such energy. On a Saturday morning, sometimes I'm not as pepped up. And when I talk to you, I always leave feeling good. So that thank you for those things. The first thing everybody's going to ask before we get to your events, though, are what are the odds that we're going to have ice soon on Bar Lake? Well, you know, it's forming on the edges, and, you know, the weather's supposed to be cold the next, like, week or so. So I think it's a pretty good chance that we'll have some decent ice this year eventually. All right. I would think, you know, if it stays cold and if you're getting it on the edges already, we might see some right around New Year's out there, and it's possible. Always call out and check and be very, very safe, you know, you know, cautious this time of the year. Just because you think there might be good ice doesn't mean there won't be. But when it does freeze, you offer some tremendous ice fishing out there. We do. It's it's a great time to come out to Bar Lake and, you know, try some ice fishing. We'll hopefully be able to put together an ice fishing clinic in January as well. So check out our website or our Facebook to see that upcoming class. And what are some of the species that might catch ice fishing out there? Um, walleye, trout, crappie. It's just a great time, you know, and we're a quick trip, so you don't have to go clear up in the mountains. And, you know, if you get cold, you can always go back home. And I think you got perch too, don't you? Oh, perch, yes. I forgot that one. Those, That's a good one as well. Oh, those are great for ice fishing. Boy, they taste good. You know, I, I'll take like 10 perch or whatever the limit is over a couple of walleyes, and they're every bit as good, and I fry them up. But that, you're getting me off track here. You got a lot else, a lot more other things going on. What else you got coming up? Well, on January 4th, we have a Pheasant 201 um, hunting workshop that Tony Dynick for our main office will be doing. So come out and enjoy um, learning about pheasant hunting if you're new to it. You know, you have another till the end of January, so come out and learn something about pheasant hunting. We don't have pheasant hunting at Bar Lake, but, you know, east of us is some some great um, habitat for that. So you'll be able to learn some techniques and even some areas that you can go to, which sometimes I think, sometimes I think that's the hardest thing is learning where can I go pheasant hunting. So well, you you're going to get some tips for that and we've had um over the last seven or eight years we've had a couple down years but for the most part we've had some of the best pheasant hunting we've had ever in colorado and i had ed gorman on earlier this year and he was predicting a really good pheasant and quail season this year and i haven't been able to follow up on the reports but we're looking for a really you know banner season again this year and when it does turn cold and you get some snow on the ground it changes the tactics it bunches the bird up, birds up and i'm sure they'll cover this in the seminar on the 4th of January, but you don't make as much noise moving either. You don't have that crunch, and really it's a different hunting, so that'll be great. So that's January 4th. Then you have a couple other things coming up. One is this New Year's Eve noon. What's that about? So that's a great kids event. So on December 31st from 11 to 1, we're going to be celebrating New Year's Eve, but at noon, so kids and parents don't have to stay up late. We'll have a balloon drop. We have crafts. We have a face painter. We have snacks. It's just going to be a really fun time, and we'll even have a countdown till noon. Well, that's awesome, and that's open to the kids. Is there any charge for that, or just the parks it's pass? Yeah, it's just absolutely free. Um, just the parks pass to get in, and we're very lucky to have a, our friends of Bar Lake, which is a nonprofit group that supports all of our events. So that's how we're able to offer all these great events for free. Well, and you know, the kids' event, you're doing it early in the day, the noontime, so they get to they get to have their own little celebration on New Year's Eve, and then mom and dad maybe have a more adult one later on that day, but the kids don't feel left out, and you have so much going on at the park. That sounds fantastic. That's on the 31st, of course, New Year's Eve. And then you were telling me you've got some wintering bald eagles there. 
We do. You know, this is a great time of year to come and see the wintering eagles. You know, when the ice forms, they love to sit on the edge of the ice and fish. Um, we have, they'll roost there. And then right around Valentine's Day, our nesting pair will start to nest. And we'll have a bald eagle festival the second week in February. It's just a great time to come out and, you know, go on the um, nature trail, stop by the nature center, check out all our, our new displays in our new nature center, and then enjoy, you know, what winter is all about in the outdoors. All right. Well, Michelle, we're out of time, but just fantastic. So many things to do at Bar Lake, and you're always adding more. We'll look. People can go online and find out more about your Pheasant uh, 201 seminar. And, of course, as soon as you get a nice fishing workshop scheduled, that'll be on the website. Is website or Facebook better? Um, Either one is fine. Whatever anyone prefers, but we post all our events on both. All right. Thank you, Michelle, and Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Terry. Thank you, Michelle. Michelle Siebert from Bar Lake. That's uh, awesome. I'll tell you what, we have a winner, I assume, Karen, since the phone's lit up for our two uh, tickets we gave away to ISE, and the answer was Shakespeare. Shakespeare has donated dozens of rods for us to give away to kids at ISE on Sunday around Brad Peterson Kids Kids Seminar, so that was fantastic. We probably have some more tickets to give away yet today, so stay tuned, and we've got a, a promotion coming up. We're not going to start it this week, but next week we have two promotions. One for the backpack I was telling you about earlier, full of the stuff that's about a $375 value. And then we're going to have a whole bunch of tickets to give away, I think on Facebook or online, but I think Facebook, in addition to the ones I give away on the show. So you're going to have lots of chances to win tickets and prizes around the ISC event that we're going to be promoting as we get into January here. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company. Smoked Salmon, the secret is in the fire. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. I almost stayed and listened to that Christmas song, that one by the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band you were playing. I love that song. That's a, that's a great song. You know, they, they have a pretty strong connection. They're actually from California. They started in a little guitar shop. I'll ask you a trivia question, Kyle. Who, who was one of the most famous first members of the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band? Think about that. We'll get the answer from you later. Let's go right to the phones. And we're being joined now by Lisa, Ra- Lisa, Lisa, Liza, sorry about that, Liza, I couldn't get it out, Liza Rossi from Parks and Wildlife, and she's the bird conservation coordinator. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing good now that I've got my wits about me. But, <laughs> but so you want to talk to us about the lesser prairie chicken. You know, I, I think there's probably a lot of our listeners have heard about it, but I don't know if they know much about it. Give us kind of a little history of the lesser prairie chicken around here. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about a project we're working on to um, keep lesser prairie chickens um, alive and doing well in southeast Colorado. And the lesser prairie chicken is a species of grouse that inhabits the kind of southern southern Great Plains. It's in southeast Colorado, Oklahoma, the, the, um, Kansas, Texas, and New Mexico. And it's really an iconic bird of the of the grasslands. You know, they gather every spring and on their blooming grounds, and they're just a really amazing creature creature to watch. And they used to be a really important upland bird game, upland bird game bird as well. Um, um, and they're still across a lot of their range, and we're just trying to keep them doing well in Colorado. So I was going to talk a little bit about a 
specific partnership project that we're working on. Now, the the, the lesser prairie chicken, it, it's, it is a native species. It's uh, indigenous to Colorado, or was it introduced years ago? No, it's native to Colorado, and actually we think some of the really big populations used to be kind of in southeast Colorado um, and kind of in some of the areas where where the dust, dust bowl was. There used to be a lot of prairie chickens there. So it's definitely a native species, and we still have them in Colorado, which is really exciting. We just don't have as many as we'd like to, um, in order to keep the population going strong in southeast Colorado. But, no, it's native, and, and we still have a few. Now, this project you're going to tell us about is because because of the dwindling populations, especially in Colorado, you and I talked earlier, and some of the other states are doing a little better than Colorado, but the lesser prairie chicken was kind of looked at as whether it should be listed as threatened or endangered, and there's a couple reasons you don't want that to happen. Well, one is certainly you want to preserve the species, but the other one is when you get a species, it becomes listed somehow on the endangered or threatened species, it makes management of all that habitat a lot more difficult, doesn't it? Yeah, and it really goes from kind of a state-managed species to a federal-managed species. And, you know, we really, like you said, want to maintain the prairie chicken, but also keep it as a state-managed species and uh, value our relationships and work um, and always want to work with private landowners and having it as a state managed species really improves the opportunities now, so, opportunities for that. So in order to accomplish this, you formed a partnership, I believe, with other states and landowners. Tell us about this this project and who's all involved. Yeah, so the lesser prairie chicken, as you said, there's a lot of attention that's been given to this bird and there's a multi state partnership actually. We have an interstate working group that has people on it, representatives from all five western states um, of the states, and and then we there's a range wide plan that's a cooperative effort among the states, and then also involves um, private private partners. That it kind of outlines you know the goals and objectives for where we want to get to with the prairie chicken populations range wide, and then also in southeast Colorado, and. Um, and it's really a voluntary uh, incentive program um, and mitigation program to work with landowners and companies, industry, and conservation partners so that everyone's working together towards conservation of this of the species. So what happens is I believe they're going to trap some birds in Kansas, where, or they have been, where they're a little bit more prevalent, bring those to a supplement the population in Kansas, and then the landowners are going to work to maintain habitat. Now, we already have some habitat programs for pheasants and grouse. Are these some of the same landowners? Is it similar habitat, or are they close? How does that work? Yeah, so it's, simil- it's similar habitat. It's not exactly the same habitat, but a lot of the work that Pheasants Forever is working on with landowners, actually some of that will work- benefit prairie chickens as well. They're a grassland species, and and when we can keep uh, permanent grasslands like conservation reserve program lands in in permanent grass, that'll benefit lesser prairie chicken. It'll benefit pheasants and other species as well. So a lot of the partner work that's going on for other species can benefit benefit prairie chickens. Uh, one of the differences is they inhabit the open grasslands. So areas um, efforts to put in shrubs and trees that may not benefit the prairie chicken, but when you're enhancing grasslands with either grasses or, or forbs, um, that's going to benefit the prairie chicken. 
It's very seldom that we improve habitat for one species that it doesn't improve the entire environment for a lot of other species. Um, you mentioned the CRP, the conservation program. Um, that got reduced quite a bit over the last few years. And this is just a note. You don't have to comment on this, that people are interested in seeing more uh, the conservation reserve, more CRP. The new farm bill is going into Congress this year. And it wouldn't hurt to contact your congressman and say, we want to preserve money to preserve as much as that CRP as we can, because it'll help not only prairie chicken, but pheasants and quail and just so many different species, even white-tailed deer and stuff. We use the edges of those fields. Um, how is the program working to date, Liza? Yeah, so that's the exciting thing. As you said, the, the project has been a partnership with Kansas and also the United States Forest Service, and we trapped some birds in, in kind of western, north, midwestern Kansas, where they're doing re- quite well. Um, and then we brought them down to southeast Colorado on the Comanche National Grasslands and also right across the border in, in Kansas on Cimarron, Cimarron National Grasslands because it really is a dual-state partnership. And so we trapped some in the fall of 2016 and then again last spring in 2017. And the exciting thing is is that of most of the females that we were able to document and we're tracking them with radio collars, we're trying to monitor each of the grouse that we've trapped, uh, most of the females nested, which was really exciting. And then of the ones that we were tracking in Colorado, we actually had a pretty high nest initiation rate um, or nest success rate, which was really exciting. And we got over 80 chicks on the ground um, in Colorado from the first in the first year, so you know, n- not all of those chicks will survive because um, they're a up and bird game. But it was exciting to have really great nest success, and and then we had seven of the broods still had at least one chick um, alive at after thirty five days. So what? we think the first year was really a good success so far. And if I'm not mistaken, you're going to run this about two more years. Is that right? Yeah, we've got two more years planned. We'll do another trapping um, effort this spring in April and then again in 2019. Well, and hopefully we'll not only see these recover where they don't ever end up threatened or endangered, but we'll recover to the point where they become a viable upland game hunting opportunity again. So great, great project, Liza. Thank you so much for sharing with us and greatest success. And by the way, have a Merry Christmas, too. Yeah, thank you. You, too. Thanks for highlighting this project. All right. Exciting one. Okay. Thank you, Liza. They're very good. It's an exciting product. Thank project. Thank you for talking to us about it. Bye. Bye now. You know, I want to remind you, we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some Christmas presents for that outdoor person in your family. But before I go, follow us on Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. Karen's going to repost, if she hasn't already, the ice conditions. They're already up, so we've talked about the ice conditions changing almost daily. At 9 o'clock, Nate Zielinski is going to give us another update on ice conditions. we got guidelines there, and these are guidelines, folks, but they'll give you some idea of how much ice it takes to support a fisherman or a vehicle or whatever. So take a look at those. Also, you're going to hear about all the upcoming activities. We're going to be telling you how you can win a lot of ISE tickets on on our Facebook page. we just got a lot of information. We'll tell you about upcoming interviews, and we always put a link to the latest uh, television shows we put up on our YouTube channel, which one we have up there we just added was um, Fishing at West Lake up in the Red Feathers Lake, which should be going on right now. You'll get some tips watching that, and you can find that on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors at Facebook, and we also always put a link to my Denver Post column, which I write every week there. So lots going on, so Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook will really keep you involved.
involved. Uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sportsman's Warehouse, America's premier outfitter. And we're going to go right to the phones. And joining us from Sportsman's Warehouse in Thornton is uh, Jason Vincent. Good morning, Jason. Good morning, Terry. How are you? I'm doing well, and I'm sure there's people listening to us in their cars that have an outdoor enthusiast in their family, and they're going, they're pulling their hair out. They've walked around the malls and looked at those little ridiculous things from Sharper Image and <laughs> all those things that you get people they never use. And they've walked around, and they just don't know what to go on. And the people in a lot of those places can't advise them for an outdoor person. I'll bet you can help these people. Absolutely. We have a lot of the last-minute things for the outdoor guys. Um, we can definitely help them uh, get what they need, and whether it's stocking stuffers or that big gift that they're looking for, um, we can definitely take care of them. Well, and I know you have tons of variety of goods. You know, you've got clothing. And, you know, you're, you're, uh, one of your people came on last week and talked about socks. And people go, socks, socks and underwear for Christmas? Well, I'll tell you what, you get the right socks for an outdoor activity. Your feet don't sweat. They don't get cold. It wicks the water away. You don't get blisters. Makes the outdoor a lot better. These aren't just socks you're wearing around in your tennis shoes all day long. These are things to really help you outdoors. And those are the kind of things you can easily get advice and not spend a lot of money. Or you maybe can go in and get that major accessory or that fishing gear or even that ice fishing hut you guys have got those so there are a lot of things but anything special that's on sale do you have any big sales going on we actually have a lot of sales going on right now we have our regular um christmas flyer that's going on there's a lot of great deals in there um in all all, all different departments uh, we have fish ice huts we have um guns we have all kinds of different things um clothing um we also have an ammo sale going on right now where we have uh 15 off all of our ammo and then 20% off the rimfire ammo. So that's a really good, good deal. Great time to come in and, you know, get stock up a little bit for, uh, for the year for your uh, ammo. So it's a great, great deal. Um, we have gift cards. We're doing a sale right now where we have, uh, if you buy $100 in gift cards, you get a free $25 gift card. Or if you buy $50 in gift cards, you get a $10 gift card. So that's a good, really good item. Great thing for, um, you know, to, if you can't figure out what you, what you need, come on in and get, grab a gift card and, uh, and give that to someone. They can come in and get whatever they, whatever they want. Um, we have, Clothing footwear, we have a ton of markdowns in clothing footwear right now. Obviously, the weather's been really warm, and so we we haven't been selling as much, uh, you know, cold-weather gear as we planned on. So we have a ton of stock, and we've marked a lot of that down. So if you're looking for boots or you're looking for, you know, warm warm clothing now this time of year, uh, we have, we've we marked down a ton of items. And then, uh, you know, ice fishing started, and we've got a ton of we – we're loaded with ice fishing gear. So come on in and get that, too, as well. Well, you know – it looks like you mentioned warm clothing. It was warm weather. It looks like that changed. So that yeah, warm weather, that, exactly. that warm clothing, now is the time. And you, with the yeah. sales you got going on, I want to talk a little bit about the gift card again too, yeah. because you know a lot of times I, I know me personally, I like it when I gift. I get a gift that says I put some thought into what you like to do and who you are. And if somebody gets me just a gift card from a big box store, just puts money in an envelope. I kind of think, well, you really don't have any idea who I am. You just at the last minute had to do something. Right. But if you get a gift card from, like, Sportsman's Warehouse, you know I'm going to spend that on outdoor uh, gear and, and supplies. Well, that means you at least understand that I'm an outdoor person and that that's where I'd want to go to spend. So it's a little more personalized than just any gift card. So I think that really, really does make a difference. And I want to hit on the ice fishing 
a lot of people don't realize how long into the spring our ice fishing season goes. Now, it'll come and go quickly here in the Front Range. We'll get a few weeks where you can get out on the boys in the chat fields and the small ponds, and you can go right close to home. And that's a good way to start. But once you get into it, there's going to be lakes up in the mountains like the Red Feathers area and Lake John and Georgetown and Dillon that are going to have ice probably through March or up to March. You have a long time to use that stuff yet. And ice fishing gear tends to be a long-term investment. The huts, the electronics, and even the rods, they don't cost that much to get a good ice fishing rod. And you'll use them for season after season, Jason. Yep, absolutely. And so, like I said, we have, we have a ton of product. We're, uh, you know, it's been kind of a slow season so far since it hasn't, we've, it's been so warm. And so we're, we're loaded with product. So if you guys, if they, people are looking for them, we, uh, we have the product for them. Yeah, well, I would, uh, I would say just get down, and you got so many locations. What do you have? Six or seven locations in the area now. You have, uh, yeah. you have oh, yeah. Cheyenne. You have your store in in Thornton. There's a Loveland store, Colorado Springs, Pueblo, the Sheridan store, and then one in Grand Junction. Yeah, if somebody's listening online, you know one of the things I always say about Sportsman's Warehouse. First of all, um, you're the perfect size because you're not this huge. Thing that gets just bogged down with them like a mall, but yet you have all the gear at the best prices because your overhead's lower, and then you 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 have locations nearby. You don't have to drive fifty or hundred miles to go to your location. There's going to be one near your house, and that way, if you get somebody a gift card or if they need to make an exchange, they're not going to have to. It's not going to sit there for months because they don't want to drive across the country. Yeah, that's right. You can use the gift cards or exchange at any locations that we have. And, yeah, we, we have several locations now in Colorado, and um, just really really easy to get to. Well, Karen tells me that uh, you've got to work today, and then you're headed off for Christmas, so probably won't get to talk to you till next year. Yep. But I really want to wish you and everybody at Sportsman's a really merry Christmas and holiday season, Jason. You guys have been tremendous partners. Uh, next year, the radio show is going into its uh, 20th anniversary. Wow. And you guys came on board with one of my television shows and the radio show as <laughs> as far back as I think 2004, if I'm not mistaken, or five. So, you know, you were away for a while, but you've been a partner for a long time. And we certainly appreciate having a quality partner like you in our outdoor endeavors. Yeah, thank you very much for our, enjoy our partnership and Merry Christmas to you and your family. Yeah, same to you. Travel safe and really enjoy the holiday, Jason. All right, you too. Thank you. All right, that's Jason Vincent from the uh, Thornton store. I mean, and Sportsman's Warehouse is a tremendous partner. We love those guys, and hopefully they'll they'll um they'll be partners for a long time. You never know in this business, but they certainly are ones we're proud of. And you know, at this time of the year, we're proud to represent all our sponsors. Now, this isn't a a typical commercial spot. I just have a minute or two, and I want to talk to you a little bit about it. Um, you know, we've got sponsors who've been with us for decades, like. Prestige um, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and A&A Toppers and Honey Smoked Salmon and Sportsman's Warehouse. And just, I, I know I'm going to miss some when I say this. We're going to have, uh, uh, you know, the ISE show, was, which I've been appearing at for decades. And just a number of really great partners on the show. Uh, Colorado Clay's been with us for quite a while. Trigger Time, just been with us for years. And we really try to represent quality sponsors that we know are going to give you a good experience. And we really want to do that for you. So we appreciate it when you patronize the people that sponsor us because it does keep this show going. Now, we'll talk more about the anniversary of the show coming up. I didn't think you people would listen to me for 20 years. So I, I really am grateful. And as we get into the new year, we'll talk more about that for the audience and the people that have stayed with us. And I want to remind you again to follow us on Facebook. 
Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook is the hub of this this show. And we don't put five or ten posts a day, so you're not going to get overwhelmed by getting all these posts piling up. What we do is we post maybe five or six times a week at the most. Hey, by the way, right now on our Facebook page, Greg Claus, who is doing kind of the history of ice fishing or the ice fishing journey, I think he calls it, and he's in part three or four, and he's going all the way back to some of the most crude um, gear we were using back in the 60s, and he's taking it all the way up to modern times and our relationship with Dave Ganson and Fisherman and all those guys, and it's been just phenomenal to read. It's kind of fun, but to give you an idea of the other things you'll find out on our Facebook page is that uh, we've got... Uh, Karen just reposted our ice safety guidelines. You know, the ice conditions are changing. In fact, coming up here in just a little bit, Nate Zielinski is supposed to join us, and he's going to give us an updated report on the ice fishing conditions. Um, we'll have updates on what's going on at the International Sportsman's Exposition, which Nate and Chad and... Uh, Brad Peterson, and so many of the guys you hear on the show will be down there. I'll be hosting the demo tank, so you'll be able to uh, to stop by and see me during the whole show. And we're going to be giving away tickets to the ISE show. We'll we'll let you know on, on our Facebook page how you can win. Some will be in this show. Some will be other ways. We've got a backpack at, full of supplies worth $375 we're going to give away. We've just got a lot coming up, and You'll be able to keep track of that on our Facebook page. So it's a great way to follow what's, what's going on. That's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sportsman's Warehouse, America's premier outfitter.